0: Today's show is made possible by Fittery. You've probably purchased some dress and casual shirts online before. And sadly, you've probably had to return many of those items because they just didn't fit. Now, you do realize, of course, that billions are spent returning all of these poorly fitting clothes, right? Well, the madness can stop. The hassle of having to return all of this stuff can stop. Well, this is where Fittery comes in. They've devised a process by which you can almost guarantee that the dress and casual shirts you buy online will fit. And from brand names, you'll recognize Brooks Brothers, J. Crew, Land's End, Ralph Lauren, to name just a few. And they're adding more brands every day. Now, I myself use Fittery and setting up my account was very simple and took almost zero time. Just go to Fittery.com slash Intrepid, complete the quick size tool, and you'll soon be ordering dress and casual shirts that actually fit. Again, that's Fittery.com slash Intrepid. You'll love Fittery, and you'll actually enjoy, and look forward to ordering clothes online again. All right, let's do this. We're going live in five
1: Four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, The instigators making a dent. The people changing how we do sales and marketing. Leading innovation. The people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts.
0: Right, good morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Now, if our actual conversation is as interesting and as fun as our pre-show banter, you're in for a treat today. This should be a really intriguing conversation. I'm joined by Pamela Herman. She's the co-founder and chief storyteller with Create Buzz. Pamela, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Todd. A pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, pleasure's mine. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I know you're awfully busy, so appreciate you stopping by. Pamela, before we get into our our very important conversation around small business and the struggles and challenges that they face, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background.
1: Well, I'm an entrepreneur, always have been. So, If you were to look at my resume, it would be a a little bit like a crazy quilt. I mean, there really isn't any sort of linear thread running through the whole thing. I have always been in a space of ideation and just have a third eye for seeing gaps in the marketplace and filling them. So my current work in customer experience and working with companies, helping them get and keep customers really if I were to say there was a defining moment, it happened when I was in a PetSmart store. And I was in there weekly because my son had a pet lizard. And I don't know if you know anything about lizards, but they eat live crickets. And so I had to go in every single week. And every week I would go in there, it was the same cashier behind the counter. And I kept waiting for her to recognize me and say, hey, how are you doing today? Or beautiful weather or doing some level of engagement with me. And it just never happened and became almost like a personal bet with me. I just thought, gosh, there's so much opportunity there for engagement. But then the tipping point was always when she would say, are you a member of our loyalty program? And I started thinking to myself, what, you know, what is loyalty? And this is how my crazy brain works. I'm sitting there going, what exactly is loyalty? I actually went home, Looked it up on the computer and it's talks about, you know, a devotion to someone that you have a deep personal connection with. And so business and loyalty was always a little bit of a conundrum for me because I thought, you know, I feel loyalty to my friends and my family, but I see loyalty that word used a lot in business. And I really wanted to do a deep dive with that and help businesses understand, look, if you if you want my loyalty there has to be some reciprocity in that. And that's really how my work with customer experience began. So making sense so far, Todd? Yeah, you know, <laughs> this,
0: the idea of the cashier who you see weekly and she, every time I ask you about the loyalty program, I mean, that's such a common thing in small business. It drives me insane. And as you said, I missed opportunity. And well, frankly that's what I we're can here
1: to see you I can see you have a personal story or two, just the way you did that oh, hey, heavy sigh right well, there.
0: we all have those kinds of stories and frankly I've interviewed thousands of people who talk about how to combat that. I mean that's what we're here to talk about today sure. is 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 how to deal with it and overcome that kind of a situation which is unfortunately so common in business, certainly small business. I imagine that's a lot of the work that Create Buzz does tell us about Create Buzz.
1: Yeah, so Create Buzz is the creation of my partner, Patty Dominguez, and myself. myself, And she comes to the conversation with Fortune 50 experts. So she understands systems, processes, decisions that get made based on metrics. It's very analytical, right? And I come from it from the consumer side, the boots on the street. Look, here's what's happening at Main Street. And here's the voice of the customer. And we have to be able to solve that integration between those two points for small business owners, which is a big nut to crack because you know they have a lot of other things that they have to focus on many many things to focus on and what our position is within our business create buzz is that what was recommended just in a few years ago is now a requirement for success, success in business and if we want to understand how to not just succeed but to thrive and to grow and to dominate wallet wallet share within a geographic area you have got to become an equal part marketer to, you know, that cool thing that you deliver your product or service, you have to, that's just one of the driving forces in business today. So helping understand what those those key learning lessons are, those modules of information that you have to understand from a marketing perspective, that's what our mission is all about. We've just got to get these guys ramped up because businesses are dying at you know, faster rate than they're growing or or being born.
0: Well, we're going to talk about the failure rate of small business in a second. I, I want to go back to how you led off the conversation by talking about your quote, "crazy quilt resume," mm-hmm. and and I and I and you almost said it. I may have absolutely read you wrong, but you almost said it apologetically, saying, ah, I've kind of had a crazy path to get where I am today." I think that's the new way, right? I think that's how most entrepreneurs certainly. It certainly explains my existence. But I, I think there's still too many people that are apologizing for that, when I in fact think that's almost what you it's required now to be a small business person or certainly an entrepreneur and to have gone through such diverse and varied experiences because I think only then can you be well-rounded enough and experienced enough and have done so many different unique things that, that when someone says, hey, you need to be devoted to your customer, it
1: doesn't sound zany. I mean, am I on the right path here? No, you're very astute because for many years, I, I'm not unlike most entrepreneurs where, you know, I struggled in school. I was the hardest working C student you ever met. <laughs> I mean, I worked really, really hard to earn my my college degree because I'm an experiential learner. And it really wasn't until, I would say probably in the last five years, that this beautiful thing called technology and then this online, offline the way we talk about customers and engagement and and putting those pieces of the puzzle together, it really wasn't until all of those elements were placed in front of me that I understood the gift that the way my brain works. So you're absolutely right. Some of that is hardwiring from my past of saying, Yeah, I was never an expert at anything, but I was able to assess a landscape very, very quickly and to see gaps. That's really what my what my specific expertise is in. I can walk into any business and I can see where where there's a lost opportunity. I can go to their website and I can see where there's a gap in their touch point, their customer touch point. I can look at their email outreach and I can see where they're trying to take me, but psychologically I'm not quite making the adjustment. So yes, that's a huge gift right now. And I wish that I could bottle it and teach other people to do it, but it's really just been 30 years of business of being a generalist. It's now all coming together because of technologies. So thank you. I appreciate you pointing that out, and like I said, you're very astute, now I hold my head high and say, this is what I do, right, and right. Uh, and here's why it's of benefit to you. I mean, it's taken many years to develop that message.
0: Yeah, no, that's very cool. Well, I had a very different experience today, at, just at lunch. So you talked about how you would go get crickets uh, for your son's lizard, and this cashier would, would never acknowledge you, always ask you the same darn questions. I had the exact opposite experience at lunch. Where my wife's in my favorite little joints just down the street, we go down there and get sandwiches and the guy recognizes me when we walk in the door and he smiles and he yells across the place hey And we walk up to the cashier he reaches out a hand and shakes our hand and says oh i'm so glad you guys are here today i want you guys to try something new it's such a such a dramatic experience it's one of the reasons we keep going back there is because it feels good to be there this idea of being devoted to to your customer it sounds icky and squishy to some people and they're like i don't that's no i'm just providing a service uh, but why why are there still so many people that are afraid to be devoted, to use your terminology, to their customer. Why is that such a hard, I mean, why do people like Pamela Herman still have to go out there and help people work on the customer experience? And and you had to write the book, The Customer Manifesto, and there's a million books out there about how to serve your customer. Why is this still a problem? Why can't we get it through our thick heads? And it's easier (laughs) when you're a small business and you have a smaller (laughs) market to worry about. I mean, you know, these people personally, if you're a big corporation, big enterprise with thousands and thousands of customers, it's harder. It's possible, but it's harder. Why is this still a struggle?
1: Okay so let's go all the way back to what you initially said it's about how it makes you feel right yep. Yep. and you're right that is very anecdotal for a lot of people especially anal- analytical people they think to myself to themselves okay well what are the metrics behind those feelings okay this is no longer guesswork this is this is very very well researched area by, you know, Gallup and all of those other guys out there who are looking at the metrics behind emotions. And for customers, feelings are fact. And when you walk out of a business shaking your head just going, "Man, they just don't get it." What that results in is you either becoming indifferent to them, which means that you are then ripe for the picking by a competitor. It also means that if you are angry, to the point that you want to go online and vent about it you will and you'll go into Yelp and you'll throw your nice fat one star at them and say this was my experience and those ratings and reviews now here we get into the the metrics of this and why this is so important is that ratings and reviews are very, very powerful ways for customers to share their experiences and they influence the buying decisions of other people who are looking. And if you've ever gone into Netflix to look at a a movie to watch, what do you do? If it's especially if you've never heard of something, you look at how many stars it has when you're wanting to go to to a new restaurant. What do you do? You go online and you see what other people are saying about it when you want to buy a new blender you go onto Amazon and you look at the reviews. And so reviews pay, play a very very critical decision making part in the consumer's mind. It's one it's one other than a reference from somebody that you know saying something is good or or steer clear of this business over here. Online reviews, 72% of people out there re- rely on them to make a decision. So that's where the anecdotal becomes the metric. And when people are looking, hey, let's say that you have a restaurant or you have a you know a lawn service business it doesn't matter if people are looking they want to understand your reputation online what are they going to do they're going to search and they're going to see what other people are saying about you so yeah it's it's not squishy it's not anecdotal this is very real stuff and people are going to decide with their wallet this is what it boils down to
0: feelings are fact as you said i'm stealing mm-hmm. that all right please do pam and i will return after this short break we'll be right back In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585 248 9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Pamela Herman, co founder and chief storyteller of Create Buzz. All right, so. We touched on this before the break, uh, this idea of uh, some uh, statistics about the failure rate of small business. It's tough out there. Tell us us what you know.
1: Well, there was some research that was done by Gallup, and they really wanted to understand what, you know, what is that relationship between businesses that are starting versus businesses that are dying? And, you know, there are some really well respected outlets out there of information, you know, whether it is um, the US Department of Labor or Small Business Association, and they're saying there's generally about 26 million or so small businesses out there. But Gallup went in and they did a little ferreting around in the research. And they said, well, you know what, if you pull out from that number, all the businesses that don't have sales or products or employees, then that's really kind of boils down to 6 million, which is a big difference in that number. So they're saying, okay, great. So of that 6 million, what's going on? What they wanted to understand was why are so many businesses failing today? And so when when they kind of threw all those businesses across the board on those two metrics, startups to to closures over the last 30 years, they found found something really interesting. You'll recall back in 2008, there was that little financial collapse. And for the very first time in history, those two those two metrics, um, those two lines intersected. And for the first time in 35 years, more businesses closed than, than were being opened. And they're like, what you know what is going on that more businesses closing? Now I have my theory around it. I think te- technology has played a huge role in it. I think it's exponentially more complicated to start a new business and certainly to market your business. And all of the skill and knowledge that you, that, like I said before, that are required for success, are now in front of you. And that includes local marketing and using social. It's all about email marketing and automation. I mean, you know the website. How it, How is it that customers, all the different touch points that customers are hitting our business, coming in, and what is their experience across all those touch points? So my, my belief, Patty's belief, our business, what we look to correct is by saying, yes, all of those touch points exist. You can't ignore them. You can't put your head in the, in the sand. They're not going away. And your job is to develop competency around all of those different touch points so that you can at least manage projects if you're going to outsource, use an agency, or even have internal employees who are managing these parts of your business for you. You have to be competent so you can understand how to zig or zag depending on the marketplace. But right now, people don't even know enough to make a decision. So, they kind of sit there in the middle of the road and shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know. And to me, I don't know. Coming out of a business, you know, out of a business owner's mouth, that's tantamount to, you know, Harry Carey. It's like you've you've got to know. You can't stand there in indecision. The, the business marketplace is changing too quickly. So it's kind of Todd. I'm. You can hear like my blood pressure rising because <laughs> we've been talking about this like it's vanilla ice cream for many years. And you know, I, I'm getting to the point where this is now the two by four across the head. You have to jump in to the traffic. It's kind of like you're you're trying to get into traffic that's going 100 miles an hour, and it's very intimidating. But you can't sta- sit there shrugging your shoulders in the place of non decision. It's just it's just the weakest place you can find yourself as a business owner. So we are now the voice of the two by four. It's just like you got to wake up and, and take some initial action in this. So that's what we are here to help you do.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, i sat down and and I've talked to and have certainly observed so many small business owners that if you were to sit down and say, hey buddy, you are failing to manage your message across all customer touch points, they wouldn't even know what the heck you're talking about. They 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 haven't thought about that, they haven't mapped that out. They don't even understand that. And and I mean other things that you guys have said as reasons that business small business fails is is you know just a general lack of awareness of the basic marketing fundamentals. I mean, that's that's inexcusable these days. And, And there's so much thought leadership out there, including your own book, that, that, to me, is so frustrating. I mean, there's a great opportunity. I mean, there's people that need help. And so there's people that, with a few minor course corrections, can, can see a, a, their world change entirely, which is really, really exciting. But, yeah. but uh, uh, some of the things you've talked about in terms of key, key mistakes is, is, we talked about metrics in the top half of the show, but a lot of people are tracking the wrong metrics. And when they sit there and mm-hmm. say, well, how the hell do I track loyalty? I mean, how do you, what, what, how do you answer that question?
1: Well, I actually focus uh, on a couple of different metrics. So one of the ones that we want to understand now, let's just kind of turn entirely to marketing. There are really just two metrics that we want people to pay attention to. And most of this is like speaking Greek. So starting at the start, you want to understand what it costs to acquire a new customer. So let me give you an example of this. One of our clients is a uh, is a chiropractor and we were walking down the street with her in Chicago, and she looked at some newspaper as we were walking out of her restaurant. She says, oh, I advertise in that. And oh, yeah. How long have you been doing that? And she said, about three years since I started my business. Great. How many new customers have you gotten from that? And she said, I don't really know. And I said, just out of curiosity, you know, just ferreting around here. How much money do you spend annually on that? And she said about 800 bucks. And I said, so theoretically, let's say that you get, I don't know, two customers a year. We don't know because that's not a metric you're tracking. You're spending 400 bucks on a new customer to acquire a new one is, you know, do you see the, the disconnect? And she said, I never really thought about that before. And it said, right. So what we want to help you understand is that, look, you have this marketing line item in your in your income and expense report. And we want to help you understand, let's break that number down and see where are all the places that you are throwing marketing and advertising dollars. And then let's try to understand how much new business are you getting from it? And how long are those people staying with you? So that would be kind of the, the second key metric we want to understand, which is the lifetime value of that customer. And when you understand, and the lifetime value of the customer, then what you can do is you can start to pull on the, the profit lever and say, okay, let's let's add to that. Let's add to our products or services or offerings to that customer to extend and increase that, that lifetime value. What new things can we create? What new things can we put in front of them? How can we lead that, them to that, to that place where they're spending more money with them? Or how can we create deeper level engagement so that they stay with us for not three years, but five years? And that's really where the profitability happens at that end of the customer life cycle
0: when you talk about that most small business people are missing the biggest revenue opportunity that's what you're talking about is is not understanding the lifetime value of a customer and so they spend all their time and distracted by trying to hunt down new ones and advertising and and lousy local newspapers that aren't generating probably squat but they have customers now that they're neglecting and and that's and that's a huge problem and and unfortunately so prevalent in small business i mean that, that that's a huge opportunity too right probably,
1: yeah it is it's and probably the biggest it's, one it's 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 really it's fascinating actually I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole thing and i nerd out on this all day long so let me just share a story with you that i think all of your listeners can relate to so i have not been exercising for probably three or four months and i recognized that i needed to kind of get back onto the bandwagon i needed to get my act together physically and so i was driving down the road about two weeks ago and i happened to to pass a business that does bar work it's like ballet and the name of it was the ballet physique and I'm like oh well I want that like who doesn't want that kind of body (laughs) so I went online and I looked at their website and they had an irresistible offer and the offer was hey come in for two weeks 20 bucks, come in as many times as you want and just give it a ride. And I thought, that's irresistible. I'm all over that. Like there's nothing to lose. 20 bucks is chump change to me, right? So, what did I do? I went in for 12 days over that 14 day period. And as I was getting closer to the end of that trial period, I kept thinking they were going to reach out to me. I kept waiting. I thought I would get a phone call or an email to say, How's it going? what, you know, what can we do to support you? What are your goal? What are your physical goals? We want to guide you to that next decision, which is, do you want to sign up with us? It's a really competitive space. And I love that irresistible offer. But that phone call and that email to query me never happened. That would be a great example of a lost opportunity. Because it wasn't until I was in one of the classrooms, that a teacher at the end, one of the instructors at the end said, hey, we're running a 15% off promo for these packages, check, it out at the front desk or online and it wasn't until she said that that i was incentivized to take that next step which is i want to sign up for a package because it was an awesome discount so that's a great example of a of a small business who has part of it but they didn't have the entirety of the picture of the customer journey across all the touch customer touch points so here i am here's what
0: here's what annoys me about that story that you just shared Mm -hmm. was if they they've got you in because of that irresistible offer -hmm. And if they had thrown some love at you, and if they had spent time with you and talked to you and said, Boy, here's some things you could do better, or here's some other things, you wouldn't have needed a discount to stay with them. Bingo. It it was because of the fact that their next offer was yet another freaking discount. Right. And and, uh, you can tell I'm a a former marketing guy here.
1: Yeah, no, but Todd, it speaks to my emotional triggers, which are unique to me. And we all have our own emotional triggers. And to me, I'm price sensitive. So especially because those types of instruction in a very competitive niche or sector of, of, you know, exercise. To me, it's like if I'm spending 20 bucks for a class and I can get 15% of that's significant. So I was just like, yes, this this created the tipping point in my mind that I'm ready to take action by package. And so, yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. It's, it's one of those things where every customer is different, which is why it's critical that you get in there and really understand that each individual customer is going through their own experience. And your job is to figure out what is that experience and what is their expectation and how do you manage it that expectation. So it's not a lot of guesswork. I mean, if you're really clear on what you do and how you do it, then managing expectations becomes crystal clear just through the process of well, having those conversations. it's not guesswork if you
0: freaking talk to these people, for goodness right. sake. I mean, they, they're going to tell you what they want, and then you can either say, I, can, I can't I can do that, or yeah, let's, let's make it work. I've heard you talk about closing the gap between companies and customers. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, it's so multidimensional, that topic, because really customers are a little anesthetized to any sort of good service right now. I mean, I'm using a sweeping generalization, but for the most part, when I go out there and I talk to customers and I say, you know, why do you frequent this business? And they're like, well, they've got awesome sub sandwiches. And I said, well, how's the service? And they're like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, so would you consider going to this sub place over here? And they're just like, no, because I love the sub so much. I don't I don't even pay attention anymore to service because my expectation is so low. They literally say that to me. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, you know, that's a gap for any business. And actually, it's a beautiful gap. Here's yep. why. Yep. Because it's easy for you to stand out in the marketplace if you just create within your, your internal processes with your employees, these brand ambassadors who are representing what you are. what you do how you do it you've got to train those frontline employees so that they are extending that brand promise right into the customer and it's so easy to stand out in the marketplace when you take that action. So that's the gap that we're talking about, you know, you've got businesses who are a little bit I don't know they're kind of fumbling about trying to understand how to connect the dots. They think they're doing a good job actually when in fact customers are thinking something different. You have customers who are different. Their degree of loyalty or devotion is in question. It's super easy just to meet them in a place where they where they really, really get touched in business and that's just by making personal connections
0: well and that's unfortunately very very common most attention all small business people listening to this most people out in the world don't expect good service anymore and so when they come across a rare occasion where they get treated well it's mind-blowing to them and it changes everything and and it isn't that hard. It doesn't even have to really cost you anything other than just a little yeah, to use your word devotion, you know. So, hey, I mentioned it a few times but I want to give you a chance to talk about it. Uh, you you did author uh, a very popular book for small business marketing called The Customer Manifesto. Tell us a bit about it.
1: Yes. Well, it was a book that is really told from the consumer's perspective, which I thought was really valuable because there's a lot of business books out there that talk about customer experience, but it's really kind of driven from the top down. And I wanted to drive the message from the bottom up, which is that here's what it feels like going back to your original statement. It's because it makes me feel a certain way. That's why my wife and I go to this sandwich shop. It's because... We are tying our decisions back to the emotional triggers within us. so that the customer manifesto, it's really, look, if you want to build loyalty with a customer, you just have to get into their head and understand what it is that they're looking for. And the book has been just a phenomenal I don't I, it's crazy because it been very organic that, a lot of eyeballs are on it. Business.com recently ranked it number three in a list of customer service books that every business owner should read. And Gary V is on there and Jim Ferris and some other you know people who have very high baller status are on that list. So, I, I was very, very honored. And Zendesk is another one that gave it a great shout out. So, that being said, the book is really kind of the one of the cornerstones of why we do what we do and help businesses, you know, we don't want to just complain about it. We want to help businesses understand the very simple steps to take to affect change in their business and pull the profit lever.
0: Well, what Pam's not telling you is that her book ranked higher than Gary Vee and Tim Ferriss. So she, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't say that, but I'll say it. So, all right, we're running okay, low yeah. on time, Pam. So I, I want to close with what I think is a very important conversation. It's uh, yeah, I heard you identify that there are really three critical changing market forces that we should be aware of. What are those?
1: Well, the first one is all about the economics of the business. We already talked about that. That's the customer acquisition costs and the lifetime value of your customer. So you have to understand the economics within your own personal business. You have to understand that the that the socially, there are changing market forces. This is what consumers are doing online with mobile, how they're searching. How are you connecting with them? How are you creating engagement in those social forces? And then the third is about technology and really understanding that it's never been easier to connect with people who are looking for your product and service. You just have to know how to manage that part of it. So those three, the economics, the social, the technology, those are changing every single day. And what we want you to understand is that they're not going away, they're staying. And we want you to jump into the pool and learn how to manage those three so that you can continue to keep customers and gain new ones.
0: All right. Well, Pam, I hate to say it, about out of time before I let you go. How can people contact you should they have any questions? Where can they learn more about Create Buzz? And also, where can they get their hands on a copy of the Customer Manifesto?
1: Well, thank you. appreciate that. Our website is createbuzznow.com. We also have a morning video program, Patty and I do. It's called The Morning Wood. And um, that's spelled W-O-U-L-D, just for clarification. And it's just tips and strategies every single morning, 10 minute, just little bump in the arm to start off your day. So check that out, themorningwood.com. And a free book of the Customer Manifesto is available at our website, createbuzznow.com. Just drop in your email and we will send you a PDF. So. So it's yours oh, wow. to read for free, or you can go on Amazon and spend 13 bucks. So it's up to you.
0: All right. Well, that's a <laughs> that, talk about an irresistible offer. All right. <laughs> Pamela Herman, a co founder and chief storyteller with Create Buzz and the author of The Customer Manifesto. Pam, great pleasure to spend time with you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Todd. My pleasure.
0: All right. All the time we have for today, again, on behalf of my guest, Pamela Herman, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business.